0: Are you ready for it this morning? Well, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5. We're just going to handle a few verses this morning, but uh, I don't know if you've noticed it, but boundaries are everywhere. And and I've put these up here for you to see. Uh, you've probably seen these. These become kind of irritating. Uh, you know, you walk in the bank, and instead of just walking to the counter, you got to do... And you're the only person in line, right? And then you wait for the teller, (laughs) but someplace you also see these, if you could think of this as a guardrail, you could think of this as a, a wall, is imagine that being the Grand Canyon, wouldn't it be nice to have some boundaries? Uh, Because you think, well, surely people wouldn't just step into that big hole in the ground. You'd be surprised how crazy people are. You'd be surprised how distracted people are that they're taking their selfies and, ah, splat. (laughs) But not just physical boundaries, spiritual boundaries, financial boundaries, relational boundaries. And the cool thing about boundaries is that, They're always put in a place that keeps you in the safety zone. They don't put the boundaries 100 feet out into the canyon. Thank God, right? They put it in an area where you're still safe. You think about the guardrail. There's still a place for you to drive on the road, but the guardrails are actually still where it's safe, right? For a reason. Because if they were outside in the river, you'd already be in the river and they would do no good. And the problem with boundaries is that we never think that we want them. We never feel like we need them until we do. And sometimes when we encounter a boundary, it's a matter of life or death. And that's when we know we need it. But it still doesn't mean we like it. But God has designed these boundaries to keep us safe, to direct us and protect us. That's what they're for. So as we look at this, just just understand where I'm coming from, and and we're going to transition to this and and just give you a real quick understanding of what what boundaries are. Boundaries are a system designed to keep us from straying into dangerous or off-limits areas. Think about that. Boundaries is a system designed to keep you from straying into dangerous or off-limits areas. Okay? We see this all the time. Danger, high voltage, right? It's a boundary. There usually a fences up or a big wall up around something that can hurt you because they don't want you to stroll over there and lean up against 100,000 volts. And I often find that boundaries are in specific places. So bridges, connection points, where we might take A really big fall if we don't have boundaries. And again, try not to just think of the physical. Try to think of the spiritual, emotional, financial. Bridges, places where you're moving from one side to another. There's usually boundaries to keep you from taking a big fall. Medians, where we might come into contact with people moving in the opposite direction. God has told us pretty clearly that we have a message to share with the world, but we have to understand that there are people moving in the opposite direction, and if we're not careful, we end up moving in the opposite direction as well. We head into oncoming traffic of our culture, and that's not what God wants for us. And then curves. Curves aren't there so that He wants you to stop. Curves are are there with boundaries so that you slow down because you can't see what's coming. And God's Word has this all covered for us if we'll allow it to. And maybe you're in one of these areas this morning. Maybe you're getting ready to move from one place to another place and you haven't thought about it, but you need some boundaries so that you don't take a big fall. Or maybe you are in constant contact with a culture that's moving in the opposite direction, and if you're not careful, you end up in a collision course, and now you are moving in the opposite direction. Or maybe you're heading into some curves in your life, some areas where you haven't been before, some things that are unseen, and it's time for you to slow down so that you don't crash, so that your life doesn't become a wreck But just like you see up there, the highway isn't the only place that we need boundaries. And I've just got to tell you up front, our culture doesn't like boundaries. Our culture doesn't encourage them. They criticize them, and it's the most hypocritical. They call us hypocrites as Christians, but our culture is very hypocritical because the people that have personal boundaries, and that's what I'm talking about this morning. I'm not talking about that you need to go out and tell other people their boundaries. No. No. I'm talking about you need to get your own personal boundaries. When we actually decide we're going to have personal boundaries, the world's going to criticize us, but then if we don't have boundaries and we end up in the ditch, then they ridicule us. Like, I can't believe that, you know, you're worried about your wife, uh, you know, seeing this guy after hours. And then when she leaves and and goes with that other guy, she's a homewrecker. Well, wait a minute. You said you didn't want any boundaries. You said that it was okay. You said that all of this was fine. And they want, they don't want boundaries. You know what the world wants? They want a gray line that's just painted. Caution. Gray line. Caution. Think about in some of the terrain maybe you've driven around here, next to the river you'd go over Highway 12 where you've got cliff on one side and a huge drop-off on the other. Imagine if we just painted a gray line. Caution. And maybe you don't notice that but I'm thankful for the guardrails. I'm thankful for the boundaries. But God has also given us boundaries, and we have to understand that uh, boundaries are high are, are very polarizing today. They, they haven't been in the past, but in today's culture, boundaries are very polarizing because you don't want to be told no. I don't want to be told no. The world doesn't want to be told no. But the reason that God's word at time tells us no is to give us good direction and good protection. <laughs> He doesn't want us to have to go off the cliff to figure out not to go there. He doesn't want to have to stray into a horrible relationship before we ruin our marriage, before we learn that lesson. He gives us boundaries so that He directs us and He protects us. That's what it's there for. But just understand that the world, the culture around us is going to mock you if you get these things. But I want to share with you real quick God's Word from the Old Testament Uh, about boundaries. Here we go. Job chapter 24. This is what he says. Evil people steal land by doing what? Moving the boundary markers. Think about this. This is my property. This is my cattle, and they stay in my property. And you come along, and you move the boundary markers. Now, this was talking about an agricultural application, but can I tell you this morning that a culture is very, very intent on moving our boundary markers, of pushing the limits that God had set, either pushing them or eradicating them, and then what do you think the result will be when we no longer have boundaries? That's what people aren't asking. Job 26 and 10, look what he says. He, God, created the horizon. When he separated the waters, he set the boundaries between day and night. Notice who's setting the boundaries. God is. And it's for a purpose to give us day, to give us night, to set limits on where things are at. Because it's necessary. Proverbs twenty-two, 28. Don't cheat your neighbor by moving the ancient boundary markers. Look at this. That were set up by what? Previous generations. Now, if you're over 50 this morning... This is for you just as much, but it's mainly for people that are under 50 that are living in a very different world. And most of the time, the people of the culture today are looking to the older generation and saying, oh, they're a bunch of fuddy-duddies. Oh, they're so rigid. Oh, they're so uh, narrow-minded. They just don't get it, and, and yet they've got stable lives and stable marriages and stable kids and funny in the bank, and they own their own homes. And they say, it's time for us to move these boundaries. They're too restrictive. They're too judgmental. No, they're not. They're very good at protecting us and directing us so that we're in the proper place to allow God to bless us. Now, was there legalism and excess that happened in the church everywhere? Sure. But that wasn't God. That was man. If we'll follow God's Word, like I said, if we allow it to God's Word, will transform our lives. It's when we get off track or we follow man-made barriers or boundaries, that things become get excessive or become limiting. But God wants us to have this abundant life. Jeremiah 5, look what he says. Now, he's speaking to the people of God, and this is, this is so current for today, so relevant. Look what he says. Have you no respect for me? Can you imagine God saying that today? I can. I can imagine God speaking from heaven, saying to the people of the world, Have you no respect for me? Why don't you tremble in my presence? I, the Lord, define the ocean's sandy shoreline as an everlasting boundary that the waters cannot cross. The waves may toss and roar, but they can never pass those boundaries that I set. But my people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They have turned away and abandoned me. And what he's really saying is, I am in those boundaries. And when you move those boundaries, you're removing me. And the only reason that you remove the boundaries is a stubborn and a rebellious heart. You want to go farther than he says you should. You want to do more than he says that you should. That's the problem, is we're always wanting more, and God says, I set boundaries for a reason. Maybe you can't fathom it, but I've set boundaries for a reason. It's for our protection. It's for us to be directed, not only towards him, but to stay in line with what is safe and good, and we've got to stop trying to remove them, or at the best, what we want is those gray lines. And, and let's talk about these for just a minute. And, and these may, again, it may seem pointed this morning, but I'm just going to, like I said, I, I'm authentic and I'm not going to entertain you, but here's the reality. We have cultural gray lines. The world says things like this that are gray lines. They're very vague. So let's look at this first one. You've heard this on TV all the time, right? Just drink responsibly. Now, as a former alcoholic, I can tell you that the more I drink, the less responsible I get. The more I drink, the more thus aware I am of my actions. Right? The more that you drink, I mean, what does that mean, drink responsibly? To me, the only way to drink responsibly is to drink water. And and again, there's been all kinds of studies and people say, well, the Bible doesn't say you can't drink. That is true, but he also says you're supposed to be wise. Drink responsibly. The problem is that a mature, self-aware Christian person that 99.9% of us aren't, we don't know how much to drink before we're irresponsible, We didn't get raised around people that were drinking irresponsibly, did we? My father was the one that gave me my first drink at about the age of 12. Now, is that responsible? And did he say, I mean, he taught me firearm safety, but you know, he never taught me the safety of drugs and alcohol unfortunately we turn that over to the government then some older woman like a barbara bush comes and says just say no well even that is very vague just say no when it comes to sex wait until you're ready what does that mean and ladies no offense this morning but I'm sure some woman came up with this rule. Some well-meaning mom that was talking to her daughter and said, "Honey, when it comes time that you love this young man, you need to wait till you're ready." But as a man, can can I just tell you this morning that if you tell this to a teenage boy, you know what he's going to say? I'm ready. I've been ready. <laughs> I'm ready, 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 ready. Let's go. What does that mean? Wait until you're ready. There's no boundaries there. It's a gray line that you step over, and something has changed. Something is irreplaceable. Some damage has been done that you can't get back. It's not about waiting until you're ready. You've got to know these things. Consolidate your debt. How about even better, don't get into debt. <laughs> now you're over your head in debt, let's consolidate it. But what does that mean? That means let's get all of my debt together and I make payments on my debt? See those gray lines? That, they're really not helpful, but it sounds like we care. But it's a gray line painted that people cross over all the time. Instead of keeping them from the safety zone, they're straying over it. And then they say, oh, you should have, shouldn't have got in debt. Well, you didn't say that. You just said I should consolidate my debt. But I can't consolidate my debt until I'm in debt. On this one, this is the worst of all. Just listen to your heart. Just listen to your heart. <laughs> If you just listen to your heart, you will be on a roller coaster ride for the rest of your life. Your heart is the most deceptful thing that's on the planet. Your heart is wrong most of the time. Your heart is just full of emotion most of the time. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you, you've had a bad experience and you thought, I should just punch that person in the face? And imagine if the police officer just said, just listen to your heart. Our culture has a strong resistance to rules because nobody wants to be told no, and even more so, we don't want to be told no by God that they're trying to move that boundary as well. And these gray lines... Don't keep us out of the danger zone. These gray lines are too easy to step over. These gray lines are too vague. These gray lines aren't reducing the birth rate in America, aren't reducing the alcohol uh, accidents in America, they're not reducing the debt in America, and yet you hear these all the time, but nothing's changing because they're not designed to actually change. They just are some vague thing to say. the Bible is pretty clear about what these things, and he's given us good warnings about these things. And so I'm just telling you, if you decide to have personal boundaries this morning, the world is not going to celebrate you, but you're going to have a lot fewer regrets. (laughs) You may get the ridicule, but you won't have the regrets. And you've got to decide what you want. Do you want a life that's worthy of the calling that you've been called with? Do you want a a relationship that's really great with you and the people around you? Do you want a life that's full of abundance and joy? Or you can have the other way. It's your choice. You can be over your head in debt. You can have all these problems with the law from drinking and being irresponsible and broken relationships from bad sexual patterns and bad everything. Or you can understand that God has given us guidelines... So that it is for our benefit, not it's really not to restrict us. Remember what the boundaries are for? To keep us from dangerous or off-limits areas. Because I've noticed that people have access to those areas. If you're a professional electrician, you're allowed to get into the electrical box. (laughs) But I probably shouldn't. And you probably shouldn't. And your 11-year-old probably shouldn't. So let's transition here real quick to to God's Word. Just three short verses, okay? Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 15. This is what he says, okay? Okay? And I want to to tee this up. If you're a golf fan, that means I'm putting the ball in an easy access for you to get at it. Here's what he's saying. We have to look beyond what is right and what is wrong because those things are changing. What is legal and what is illegal, those things are changing. And we've got to get back to what the Bible says, use wisdom. To be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. What does that mean? That we keep our heart right, but we've got to use wisdom because the world is going to change. A lot of things that used to be illegal and wrong are now no longer illegal and wrong, right? And the world is turning so quickly that pretty soon, just like Isaiah says, woe to the day when right becomes wrong and evil becomes good. Just because that happens doesn't mean that we're okay, and we get to shrug everything off. What he's really saying is, we have to learn all over again. You've got to not put it through the filter of right or wrong. Is is this wise? And this is something you need to ask yourself. In light of who I am, is this the wise thing to do? In light of where I want to go in the future, is this the wise thing to do? In light of where I'm at right now with my job and my family and my responsibilities, is this the wise thing to do? See, the people that don't do that, they end up in a situation they never thought that they would be in. And then they don't know how to get out of it. Instead of saying, if I want to get to that destination, is this the right thing to do? Is this the wise thing to do? So here we go. What's he saying? Be careful how you live. Woo. Now, from the outset, that almost sounds like another gray line. Be careful how you live, but he doesn't stop there. Look what he says: Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. OK? So notice that he gave us not just a gray line, but he gave us some boundaries. Don't live like fools. And what is a fool? A fool is somebody that doesn't have good common sense. And also, according to Jewish tradition, fools are somebody that didn't know or follow God. As Christians, we should be people that don't live like fools, right? If we say we're Christians, why would we live like people who don't know or love God? Uh... I I don't know. Well, today's the day that if you'll let it, the Word of God will transform your life. You can start with some boundaries today. And maybe you've already messed up and maybe you've already stepped over some boundaries. Good news, there's grace. And you can't go back in time, but you can create some good areas and boundaries for your behavior, and your thoughts, and your relationships, and your money, starting today, according to God's Word, that gives us good direction and protection. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Those of you that have a small yard with a big dog, you understand exactly what I mean. You're careful where you step. Right? If you're wise, you're careful where you step. Because if you have a small yard and a big dog, you better be careful where you step. We live in a world where we better be careful where we step, church. And that's really what he's saying be careful or be wise how you walk. Be wise how you live, not only for you, but for your families watching around you, your children that are following you, grandchildren, co-workers. And again, this is not just for us. It's about us showing people how to live a good life founded on God. So don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Ephesians 5.16, look at this. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We know this, but what he's saying is, you've got to make sure you stay on that path. Your oops are going to cost you, and not only that, you've got opportunity to change somebody else's life. That's why we're here, right? Right? Not just so that we get to go to heaven. We are here to inspire and encourage and point other people to Jesus Christ. But if we're walking around like fools, we're not pointing to Jesus Christ. We're just pointing to some religious belief system. And I know that sounds pointed, but that's the reality of our times. We've drifted so far. We've moved the boundaries that God's people no longer live like God's people. And don't feel guilty this morning. You remember back in Jeremiah, he said the same thing way, 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 way back. People have a tendency to not stay on track. That's why God gave us boundaries. But you have to determine your personal boundaries based on what God says. You need to be able to avoid the potholes. You need to be able to avoid the cliffs. You need to be able to avoid some of the medians that are heading your way. That means you've got to make the most of every opportunity. You don't wait until you hit the guardrail to course correct. And the great thing about these boundaries... Is it keeps you from the damage that would have been done if the guardrail wasn't there? Yes, there's damage to your car from a guardrail, but what would be damaged if it wasn't there? Your life. Ephesians five seventeen. Don't act thoughtlessly. And I hear this a lot. And again, maybe it sounds like I'm old or whining, complaining this morning. I'm just telling you what I see in a new culture that people are being asked, why'd you do that? I don't know. I didn't think about it. I just didn't think. You know, I never thought about that. And after you hear that, you probably say, I agree. You didn't think. In fact, I'm not sure you ever have. You don't seem to be thinking about anything. You're just living in the moment. You're just going with the flow. You're just doing what everybody else is doing. God says that's not what we're supposed to do. Look what he says. Don't act thoughtlessly, but do what? Understand what the Lord wants you to do. And here's the beauty of all this. Instead of following some rigid system, he's talking about personally. What does the Lord want you to do? There are things He's called me to, and there's things He's called you to, and those two things may be very different. He doesn't want you to do what I'm doing, and I'm not supposed to do what you're doing. But there are some things that we as Christians should all be doing, and some things that we as Christians should not be doing. If we'll be thoughtful, not only of God and His Word, but thoughtful of our behavior, Many of us are alive today because of God's grace that He didn't kill us in the midst of us doing something stupid. And you never thought about it. And then you think back, man, when I jumped off of that barn (laughs) with grandma's bedsheets thinking I could fly, I'm lucky to be alive. When me and my friends tied one on, got sloppy, drunk, and decided to drive up I-5 the wrong way, I could have been killed. <laughs> when I was young and slept with everything that moved, it could have ended really badly. Because we didn't think about what the end point was going to be. We didn't think before we did the action. We think in reverse. Man, so thankful for that. But what if we were actually thoughtful and thought beforehand because God has given us the ability to take control of our thoughts and be thoughtful with what we do? And there are things that may be, if it's not explicit in the Word, there are things that may be a sin for me that may not be a sin for you. I've come out of a lifestyle of drinking in excess. God has delivered me from that. And for me to go back to it, just because the Bible doesn't say that I shouldn't drink, would be a sin for me because I know what He's delivered me out of. But maybe you're a person that can control it. Maybe you're somebody that can drink responsibly... (laughs) Or smoke responsibly, or whatever it may be. But I know for me to get involved in that stuff that he delivered me out of, it would be a sin like going and starting all over again. But that doesn't mean I'm putting that on you, that's my personal boundaries. I'm not going back to that stuff. I'm going to be thoughtful. And yes, do I have a long way to go? Certainly. But I'm trying to be more thoughtful as I go thinking about others. You think about that. The person wants to have a good time, whether you smoke, toke, whatever that you're doing, just driving fast because you can. Did you think about the others on the road? No, you didn't. You just thought about you and how you're going to have a great time. But we are interconnected as people. We are interconnected as the body of Christ. What we do affects others and it matters. Especially inside the church. We need to know what the Lord wants you to do. You've only got this body for a limited amount of time and he's got a mission for you and that mission is so great and that mission is so awesome. Why would we waste it? Because we're not thinking. Last one. Here's just the word, and I'm going to bring some clarification to this, and you can say I'm being a legalistic if you want, and that's between you and me. We can talk about it whenever, but look what he says. Don't be drunk with wine. Now, again, they didn't have any of their hard alcohol, <laughs> okay? So if you're like, great, I don't drink wine anyway. I like tequila. He didn't say I couldn't do that. I'm just telling you he's saying don't be drunk, And the hard part is, we don't know what drunk means. Now, we've got a a cultural standard, .08. But for somebody that's 90 pounds, that hasn't eaten, that's drunk. That's not just under the influence. But notice what he says. Now, the old-fashioned word used to say, don't be drunk with wine which leads to dissipation, which means a wild lifestyle or uncontrolled lifestyle. But play fill in the blank with me for just a minute. If we took that word out and I said, don't be drunk because it leads to, what would you fill in the blank? A great life. (laughs) Knowing what you know, if you had to fill in that blank, don't get drunk because it leads to Court, jail, tickets, failed marriage, kids that decide to do it as well, increased car insurance. I mean, is that what you'd fill in? Does that sound like a great life and a great plan? And again, I'm not talking about anybody on the outside. I'm talking about believers. This is for believers this morning. I'm not trying to impose some of God's standards on people that don't know God. I'm talking about us as Christians. This is what He's saying for us. Notice what he says, In, don't do it, it'll ruin your life. Instead, he gives us the option. It's not a gray line, because who gets to determine what drunk is? Notice what he says, instead of giving your life over to the the influence of alcohol, instead be filled with the Spirit. Spirit which will lead you into wisdom, which will guide you to God's Word, which will protect you. It's our conscience reminder. Look at this. See how different that is? Instead of getting filled up with all this other stuff that's going to lead to a bad, ruined life, fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit, which leads to a good life. And we don't always deal with this, but I'm, again, here's your public service announcement this morning for those of you that like to stray in this area. If more than one person tells you you drink too much, you do. If more than one person has told you you drink too much, you do. And you should take that as a warning from the Holy Spirit. Because you can make that choice. You can bring it back in. Because you think you can control it, but you can't. That's, that's, the, that's the gray line. I think I can control this outside marriage relationship. You can't. I think I can tr- control this ever-growing debt. You can't. If we set our boundaries and allow God's Word to be our guide, it will help us stay on the path of wisdom, and wisdom is what leads us to a good life. And I'm not talking about some set of rules or standards. or That's the problem, As we always want to... And it's not that clear for everybody. But you know what the Holy Spirit... If you if you're actually want to know what the Lord's will is for you, then you need to find out and ask Him, and He'll tell you what the Lord's will is for you. And there may be some things He's like, I've given you liberty here. Whew. The church said go by God's Word. Or, man, the world's given me lots of liberty, but God says, go by God's Word. He wants to keep you safe. He wants to keep you happy. He wants to keep you where you have wisdom and joy and fullness in your life. Abundance, that's what He says. I've given you an abundance of life, but no boundaries begins to take, and you won't have an abundant life. So I'm just telling you where some boundaries are this morning. Here's some wise boundaries for you. God's Word. And it's hard because you're going to say, well, I don't know it well enough. Get to read it. (laughs) The great news is we've got technology now. You can actually Google what it says about almost anything that's happening in your life. (laughs) And it'll direct you to the... What does the Bible say about... And if you can't find it there, do yourself a favor and don't just say, I guess I'm okay then. Ask yourself, what would a wise, mature Christian do? What would that, that couple that I watch and I see how well their kids grew up and I love how they've stayed married for 60 years and how they've kept jobs and they've never been in jail and there's never been a mess, there's never been divorced. Why don't I ask them what they think I should do? Just because Google didn't have the answer for you. Understand that God's word was to direct us and protect us. Realize this morning that nobody plans to wreck their life any more than anybody plans to wreck their car. The problem is you don't make plans not to. Do you have plans not to wreck your life this morning? Or you just, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know the decisions I'm going to make. I've got them planned out in advance. And can I run into something I haven't run into before? Certainly, but that's when I pause. Those curves. It's when I pause. And I say, maybe I shouldn't just rush on ahead. Do you have any plans to not ruin your life, any plans to not ruin your virginity, any plans to not ruin your job, or your marriage, or your finances, or are you just hoping it doesn't happen? Boundaries. Realize that stepping away from those things that can harm you is actually stepping towards the one that loves you. <laughs> right? I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark series. I don't know, can't remember if it's second one or third one, but they actually find the, the Holy Grail. And an earthquake happens, and the, the Grail is rolling into the abyss. And Indiana Jones is, is just inches from getting it, but he's having to hang on to his father's hand. Dad, I can almost, they've been pursuing it for a lifetime. It's within my reach if I can just get a couple more inches. And his dad, who has been pursuing it his whole life too, realizes it's not worth losing my son. And pulls him back in. I think there are things we reach for that are way beyond our boundaries. But I can tell you it's not worth it. It is not worth it. It may not be what you think it is when you actually get it anyway. Stepping back from the edge instead of seeing how close I can get before I get sucked in. It's never wisdom. (laughs) You wouldn't do that with sharks. I wonder how close I can get to that great white before... It's also easier to discern God's will with wisdom. (laughs) If you allow His wisdom to come into your life, if you allow His Holy Spirit to guide you and direct you, it is so much easier to discern what He wants than without it. To try to figure out God's will without God and His Word is very difficult. And last but not least, this is not about being better people. It's about being more surrendered people. The more of our life we surrender to Him, the better our path goes. And it's hard. At first, we surrender our sin, and then pretty soon we start surrendering some habits. But then He's like, and I want your family, and I want your finances, and I want your hopes and your dreams, and I want your future, and I want your self-esteem, and I want your pride. And you can hold on to them as long as you want or we become more surrendered people. And it happens over time. And again, I just—I ha- was watching a show the other day and it, it popped up to me like, like I didn't realize it did. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to be authentic with you. I struggle in some of these areas. I didn't realize I had pride until I was watching a show about the Catholic faith and the man stuck his hand out for another man to kiss the ring, and you know what my first thought was? I didn't think, "Well, oh, how wonderful to be able to submit to the authority." <laughs> you know what my thought was? I'd never do that. I'd never kiss some other guy's ring. And my next thought was, "Why?" You know why? I still have some authority issues. <laughs> You never know when it's gonna come out, but now it's my responsibility to deal with that. I don't know what yours is. But it's not about being better people, it's about being more surrendered people. And and truly, I believe the more surrendered we are, the better lives we'll have. But our goal isn't to just be better people. The church made that mistake by trying to have a dress code and have this set of rules. Without being surrendered, you can't be a better person. You'll just be a rule follower. So I'm going to ask this morning if you stand up with me, and we're going to pray. We've got some more weeks on this, but this is just the the start of understanding. Hey, I promise you, I'm not going to impose my personal boundaries on you. But my question is, what are your personal boundaries? Do you have any? Do you know where they are? Do they line up with God's Word? Or are you just traveling through life? So would you bow your head with me this morning, Lord? As God's people, your Word says that we should watch how we live, not thoughtlessly, not like a fool. So God, I pray... For every person this morning, regardless of age, regardless of how long you've been saved or whether you're not even saved, you're just here trying to figure all this out, this still works. (laughs) You can still have wisdom. Even if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, you can still follow his example and you'll have some wisdom. Will you have a great life? I don't know, but I believe you need to surrender to him. How about in your marriage this morning? What are your boundaries? Where won't you go? What won't you do? Who won't you be around? What about for your children? What are are the boundaries? What will you allow them to do? How far will you let them go? How much you can let them see and experience? How about your finances? What's, What's your boundaries? You do know how much you make. You do know how much you spend. Are your boundaries out of whack this morning? Lord, I pray for supernatural wisdom on every man and woman this morning. And this may sound legalistic, regulatory, whatever we want to call it, but this is sound wisdom this morning. Not me, but your word. Three simple verses that that keep us on a path that will lead to a great life. Three simple verses that'll help us to set some boundaries to be protected from the big fall, from the collision with those moving in the opposite direction, from the, the areas we can't see that you help us slow down. Lord, this is what it's all about. So God I pray for your wisdom that we don't just shrug this off and go our way this morning but we ask ourselves some questions what are my boundaries? What are my boundaries? God I pray that the boundaries would be the same one that you use that we don't try to push them we don't try to move them or remove them but we realize you love us And the boundaries are there for a purpose. So God, we thank you for your word this morning. Help us with the boundaries that maybe we've never created yet, but we need your strength and your wisdom to help set them up this morning. And if that's you this morning, you can ask him right now, Lord, what should I do about? And I believe he can show you. I believe he can direct you. And if if it seems like you're not getting a response, ask a wise, mature Christian and see what they have to say. So, God, thank you for your boundaries. Thank you that they're there to direct us and protect us, Lord. We don't want to fall. We don't want to be in a collision course with disaster. We don't want to have accidents that that ruin our lives. Guide us and lead us as we leave this place, Lord. And if we let it, your word will transform our life. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.